Hi, I'm Julie. I'm Kristen. I'm Kate, and welcome to Topical Island. Each week, one of us will deep dive into a topic that interests us. Have you ever wondered how to become a Disney princess? Is diva behavior acceptable? And what does it have to do with the opera? Will we get to work from home forever, ever? Join us as we answer these questions and more. As each week, we will take you to a different topical island. All right, ladies, welcome. How is everyone doing tonight? Hello, good evening. Wonderful. I'm doing good. wonderful. How are you guys doing? Kristen, what have you been, been up to? Well, I... <laughs> Throw it back at that moderator. Just take it from you. <laughs> <laughs> well, to be fair, I didn't, I didn't specifically ask one person a question, so that's on me. Um, I was... I. I'm just going to cheat and run ahead of everybody because I don't have a, a lot that I did this week, but I, Julie sent out a very interesting email today, which was a crow, a crow mm-hmm. that was having an ant bath. Anting. Was anting. Yeah. And I, and I, um, and I, I, I think the amount of factoids that can appear around ants apparently is just unlimited. There's and no this end. crow yeah, and all three of us had seen this. I'm I'm assuming maybe just because we're all CBC enthusiasts, but <laughs> this this crow was this man was taking photos of birds and was so thrilled to have captured this moment of this crow crawling with ants. Yeah, and it had really like it was down on the ground, like and and apparently some crows when they're doing this behavior will actually yeah. just sit on an ant hill. They'll just yeah. plunk right down there and let yeah. the ants do their do their eat their what, stuff dust? in their fur. Do their thing in their fur in their yeah. furs. I the one thing that made the most sense to me, which was that when they're molting, is that like I could understand that being a little bit uncomfortable and right. kind of like loosening things up, relieving some of the itching. Like to me, that made the most sense. Did anyone have any perspective based on the article or the photo? I I mean I, I I'm reminded of like dirt baths. That's what it remind me of. Like you see like I know my cats do it. They roll in the dirt and it's actually a way of cleaning, ironically. And it kind of reminded oh. me of that that you're almost like it's like an active thing on your body that's just helping like probably de-oil and de-louse you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Maybe. No, and I think it's actually quite common for certain and there like I think there's a bunch of animals out there that utilize other animals as you know their own personal cleaners in some way shape or form you know there are little birds and the hippos and the those symbiotic relationships yeah yeah yes great word And I would just like to congratulate you, Kristen, on choosing something that is obviously so relevant and topical. (laughs) No kidding. Uh, Yeah, not not four days after we posted, read that there's anting behavior. Exactly. So we are so relevant. So my unfortunate news for the week was Julie sent me an email. Julie, do you have anything more exciting going on? Well, I had an animal-related incident. Okay. We talked about how a skunk moved under my deck. My poor dog got skunked. Since then, 
a fox and it's kind of our neighborhood fox. I've seen him over neighbors of ours have llamas and the fox and the llamas have a symbiotic relationship and they kind of hang out. Neither bothers the other. And Mm -hmm. that fox is often over there in their yard. But this fox, and I know the fox because of its coloring, it's quite dark colored, has decided to move into our yard. And we're pretty sure the fox rid us of the skunk, which thanks for that. But now we are, we have a fox in the yard. Foxes, let me be clear, beautiful, beautiful looking animals, incredibly intelligent, so clever. But if you have small animals, small children, chickens, they will get into pens, they will get after their, like they are survivors, they're, they'll do what it Mm -hmm. takes. And so on Friday, midday, middle of the day, probably two o'clock in the afternoon, beautiful day, I hear a fox bark. And it's a very interesting bark. It kind of reminds me of a velociraptor. And I turn and that fox was barking not six feet from my cat. So the cat and the fox are having a face off. So I like mama bear mode hop up from my desk, go hustling outside. I like get, you know, yell at the fox, tell the cat to come. The cat comes towards me. The fox comes up at me. The (gasps) fox came at me. Yeah, he stepped to me. I, that fox was, he, he was in like six to 10 feet from me. And he was, not backing down so brazen and so i had to i yelled like big yells like i didn't i didn't because my neighbors have probably already think i'm crazy like i'm just yelling like get out of here you and (laughs) as you do and finally the thing was like "Uh, i guess i'm not getting the cat and just slowly meandered away but i Mm. had a fox step up on me this week that's my uh so that was my excitement and I I don't know what we're going to do, much like we didn't know what to do with the skunk, but that solved itself. So maybe, I don't know, a bear is going to move in next (laughs) and take care of the fox. The next largest predator (laughs) moving in. Just come on. Just keep going up the food chain. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. So not not quite sure uh, what we're going to do because a fox is a little bit different than a skunk as far as, you know, their wiliness yeah. and um, a threat. It's a possible threat. They're a threat. Animals. Yeah, yeah, for my cats and stuff. Yeah. Uh, can I just make a request that the next time you tell that story, you just say that you looked at the fox and said, "Step off." <laughs> <laughs> sure. Yeah. You betcha. I. <laughs> but uh, I might be done great. telling I mean, that story. Way, way to stand your ground. <laughs> that was my big excitement of the week. That's a lot of excitement. Kate, what's going on with you this week? Well, I'm going to completely switch gears. It is not. It is not animals? Even along the same lines. Please. And it may also show. I, there was a, there were great things that happened this week, but this one stuck with me uh, for obvious reasons. So my so Tenley is sick with a with an awful cold. Hmm. Went to get a COVID test. She's negative. I figured she would be, but um, she's got a horrible cold and she's very stuffed up. And I haven't in a very long time pulled out the nose sucker. The nose sucker. <laughs> <laughs> and so for anyone who has 
no idea what that is or maybe doesn't have kids, it is literally a snot sucker that you stick up their nose. You suck on this long tube. There's a filter in between. So like you don't suck anything into your own mouth. And it sounds absolutely disgusting. It is one of the most satisfying things you <laughs> could possibly do. Oh, and there time. have been times when I've been really stuffed up that I've been like, do can I use that? Like, is that something like, is that really weird if I ask Nick to do oh, that? Oh, I thought you were going to self do it to yourself. Well, I don't know if you could, could you suck? And it would be, it, cause I'm, I'm sure it feels really weird cause you can feel it in your throat cause it sucks all the snot out of your nose. Anyway, yeah. so that I, I hadn't used it in a really long time. Well, because she hasn't had basically a cold in yeah, of course, this yeah. COVID time but she went back to daycare last week so so that's my exciting news I pulled out the the nose sucker and um that was it was satisfying to use she she doesn't like it but, but you know, I thought feels, for sure feels better after <laughs> I thought for sure you were gonna tell us that and I forgot to put in the filter and <laughs> <laughs> no I wasn't and I almost don't like saying this out loud but my sister-in-law had done that once Oh no! That's, that's so gross. That's no, so gross. now I now I'm sorry. Just finding it hard to swallow. It's over. Let's just start over. Let's start over. <laughs> we okay, cannot starting now. Welcome <laughs> no. to Topical Island. <laughs> oh, Island Hoppers! We forgot to mention our Island Hoppers. Welcome, our island Hoppers. Okay. Well, that's. I mean, we've got a breadth of information tonight. And Julie, what are we getting into? I'm going to take you. I, I'm debating between what to call this. Okay. Either dead, not dead. Yes. Or, and or the land of the premature obituary. <gasps> oh. Yes. So I kind of like premature obituary, but dead, not dead leaves a wide open door. Well, and you know when we had talked about green burials months ago now. Um, we had talked a little bit about people being buried alive, and that's where I started my journey. But that is not what I'm going to talk about. I'm going to talk about when people are thought to be dead, but they're not dead, and how that happens, what the ramifications can be, and all the crazy circumstances and stories that come out of that. Famously, uh, you've probably heard the Mark Twain quasi misquote, which is the reports of my death are greatly exaggerated. And he was saying that in 1897, he was in London, and the New York Times had published an art uh, an obituary saying that he had died. And he's like, Oh, my gosh, mm, actually, no, that's an exaggeration. <laughs> still, oh, alive. A bit. <laughs> still alive, still here. But this happens all the time. All the time. And one of the main ways that it happens is through accidental publication. So many, mm. many, many media outlets have done this. And part yeah. of it is that most media outlets and newspapers, they keep basically draft obituaries on the ready for famous people, uh, especially older uh, famous people. And, and sometimes those kind of slip out and then they have to retract it. Wow. They call that group of draft obituaries either the morgue or the slab in Oh, that's 
That's the nice. slab feels worse to me because the morgue is like you're dead, but the slab is like you're ready to go. You're ready to go. They're well, ready it sounds to go. like you're. Yeah, the slab makes me picture like somebody on a slab just like waiting to die. Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah, and yeah, no, it, it's not a nice term. They probably shouldn't use it. <laughs> um. The longest obituary published was in 2008. Bloomberg published a 17-page obituary of Steve Jobs, which was three years prior to his death. Was he ill? No. Like, how does that happen? They just had it. just had it ready to go? (laughs) And you think you'd have maybe somebody double check at the 17 pager that you're just going to slip into the <laughs> publication. Right. And so they, when they retracted it, uh, they said that there was a, a piece about Apple that was incomplete. That was their retraction. It wasn't even an acknowledgement of the fact that they said Steve Jobs is dead. It was like, Oh no, that was just, that was just an inaccurate article. So, so sometimes these retractions are like less than kind as well. Yeah. Meanwhile, um, I'll give some props to Fox News, who formally apologized when in 2019 they showed a graphic that implied that Ruth Bader Ginsburg had died, showing like her Mm -hmm. birth date and death date, which was inappropriate, like incorrect. And it just kind of was Mm -hmm. up on screen, but they went on to do a formal apology. And Basically, any media outlet at some point or another has done this. They have mucked up, wrong graphic, published the wrong article. In November of last year, uh, Radio France accidentally published a hundred <laughs> draft obituaries on their website, including the Queen, Clint Eastwood, Pele the soccer player, all because they were transferring some, they were doing some system work in the background and it accidentally published all their draft obituaries, about a hundred of them. Mm. That is hilarious. Cause you would be like, oh my God, what's it like? The world is ending. Like, yeah. Listen, <laughs> everyone died at once. That. What happened? It's, it's every famous person I know. <laughs> it's a real bad day. <laughs> oh, that's talk about showing your cards. Like these are the ones we have on file. Yeah. I I wonder if there was ever, if like, if people were offended if they felt like they should have been on the slab (laughs) and were not published. Included on the slab. I think there's an episode of 30 Rock where they talk about that, where one of the stars of their show doesn't have a draft obit, but the other does and is quite jealous. Yes, that's exactly what (laughs) there is an episode. Okay, so they've got the slab and they accidentally published this. But how else does this happen that somebody is accidentally thought to be dead? One Mm. of their, and there's lots of reasons. One of them is somebody has had a close brush with death, meaning there had, there either um, have been taken ill or been involved in some sort of a terrible accident to the point where there's an assumption made that they have died. An example of this is a former member of the United States House of Representatives, Gabby Giffords, who was a gun control advocate, ironically. And she was at um, like a rally or meeting with constituents outside of a grocery store in Arizona, and there was a mass shooting. And I believe there was about 12 people that were shot. She was one of them. She was shot in the head. Yes. 
And it was reported on NPR and then on CNN, Fox, New York Times, Reuters, that she had in fact passed, but she did not. Um, she, mm-hmm. she was fine, but because of all the confusion and all of those who did pass and she was part of that crowd, there was just a case of, you know, just mistakenly thought that she had passed away to yeah. the point that six years later, a U.S. representative, like, I don't know if he spoke out of turn or what, but he still, he was saying, oh, and remember when Gabby Giffords died in that mass shooting six years ago when she had not. Um, he didn't see the retractions. I guess not. I think he wanted to use it as a, you know, an example of somebody, a gun control advocate who perhaps, right. you know, suffer the well it was a pretty bad injury where she yes shot in the face so like yes you could have made the assumption maybe she died but still yeah maybe you heard that news and never heard the (laughs) other side yeah so you know check your facts so and when it comes to illness this is kind of an unusual story so pt barnum who you know is known as the greatest showman he uh was a circus the founder of the circus barnum and bailey um, he also kind of was an interesting character. He really believed in hoaxes and, you know, thought it was perfectly fine, you know, to mislead people in the, you know, under the guise of entertainment. Okay. He famously had like a mermaid as part of his show, like just just some things that were like, they're clearly not real, but he had no issue with like selling tickets to a fake mermaid and calling it a real mermaid kind of thing. Oh, I see. Mm -hmm. So he was quite ill um, late in life. And he, but he, you know, was quite famous. And he had a good relationship with the New York Evening Sun. And he said, I'm going to die soon. I really want to know what people would say about me in my obituary. And the New York Evening Sun published his obituary about two weeks before he died at his request. (laughs) I've heard this in the news. You've heard this? Well, no, I, they were recently talking about this, about people who like want to do their, their funerals before they die. Yeah. Oh, and I, I, that well, sounds familiar. <laughs> like, but, like, cause they want to hear what people say, but they, st- I mean, especially if they still know you're alive, like, I don't know, but anyways. But I'm curious about P.T. Barnum. Like it, was it, I wonder what he I wonder what he, if it was what he expected, like, was his end game? Like, I need to see if people are like, ah, oh, who cares? So I can, you know, go after them before, before two I weeks. actually <laughs> die, like in these really make the most of my revenge two weeks to live. Or, or was it just that he really needed that validation so much from other people? Right. Good question. And then also the fact that he was a lover of, 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 of a good hoax, maybe he kind of, got a good amount of pleasure out of the whole fact that everybody thought he was did dead he, he wasn't die from natural causes like was he did he know he was very close to the end like two weeks yes. that seems he was like, ill okay yeah oh, okay yeah yeah no he uh he definitely knew he was ill it wasn't a true hoax in the like in the sense of yeah that's like a temp- he- not attempting fate situation yeah no he knew and he just um he was looking for a bit of sympathy and um and they obliged him. They published it two weeks ahead of schedule. Well, not, not schedule, but two weeks ahead of <laughs> <laughs> Well, fine. We'll move it up. Well, to I you. mean, it, it, they were probably like, well, we got it on the slab anyway. We can push it out and then do a retraction and publish it again. Yeah. 
But do you, and obviously he wouldn't care because he would be actually be dead when they published it the second time around. But I mean, maybe some people at that point were like, oh, this again. Like, sure, <laughs> sure, PT. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's true, right? Like if you're, if you are tempting fate like this, people might just start to think you're crying wolf. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it's amazing to me, like when he passed was 1891. So like, this is not a new phenomenon of these, you know, somebody being dead, not dead. And like the media kind of playing along to some, <laughs> something kind of weird. It's just like um, Huckleberry Finn. (laughs) That's right. That's right. When he pretended to be Ted. That's right. Jonathan Taylor Thomas and Devin Sawa. Is that right? Hiding in the bridges? Oh my God. (laughs) Yes. They were like my two, they were my two teenage dream crushes. Oh yeah. Yeah. And and just for context, I don't know what story it was from, but they faked their own From Huckleberry Finn. Yeah. Which is a Mark Twain story. (laughs) Well, I mean, that's so funny, though, that Mark Twain wrote that. And then he had that incident where he had... Yeah. There Full was circle. A, yeah. I'm curious which came first. All right. So another way that you can die uh, without being dead is via clerical error. Not just the Babylonians make clerical error. the Babylonians. <laughs> I don't know if you guys watch Grace and Frankie. Do you watch Grace and Frankie or Frankie and yeah, Grace? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. There is an episode where Frankie goes to the bank and they're like, mm, no, sorry, you're dead. And oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So she can't get her driver's license renewed and it's super annoying. All her credit cards, like they have to close them down because they think she's dead. And it made for a really good story on the show. It was quite funny. However, according to NPR, the Social Security Administration in the States accidentally kills about 500 people per month. Oh, my goodness. Why? Like, through clerical errors, they accidentally call somebody deceased who's not. Like, they click the wrong box. They click the wrong box. They, you know, I imagine like things like mixing up names, like there's all kinds of ways it could happen. But that's a ton of people who will have to scramble. That's a ton of people. And the first thing I think is what a hassle. What a hassle. I went to the bank. That does not make for great comedy sitcom. No. You know. (laughs) Well, an existential crisis of like, what does this mean? Exactly. (laughs) You start to question your own existence. Am I dead? Like, what do you call me? Have I done enough? Have I done enough? (laughs) But I was just thinking, like, if you don't have people in your life who, like, could lend you some cash or, you know, anytime you need to use a card, you can't use it anymore. If you do need to, like, if you do need to renew your driver's license and you have to get somebody to drive you around, like, that would be, what would you even do? I don't know. Well, you'd be like, I'm not dead, obviously. (laughs) But see this? I'm not dead. Do you see this expired driver's license? I swear it's me and I'm alive. But yeah, 500 people. And that's just in the States. Who knows how many that happens to in Canada or globally, right? Another very common way for celebrities to be dead, not dead, is through hoaxes. With through social media now, it's basically, it happens all the time. Like Jack Black, Mm -hmm. Miley Cyrus, Beyonce, Kanye West, Al Pacino, Britney Spears, and many, many, many more have been victims of these kind of hoaxes. In fact, I think at one time the hashtag RIP Beyonce was trending on Twitter. She's very much alive. She's fine. But there are some websites dedicated to just trying to create this type of hoax and get this kind of 
um, attention. What attention, is it like clickbait? Yeah. Yeah. Clickbait and just like, you know, the trolls. But is it out for there. some isn't it usually for some sort of like alternative purpose? Maybe I'm wrong. Like but they're like like a big splashy headline. Right. Like and then that. by the way, click this link. Yeah. And then yeah. by the yeah, by the way, don't forget to buy these supplements. Do all the bad things. But yeah, they just basically trolling and and starting hoaxes just for the sake of it. I think that there are some people that just enjoy that. There are whole websites dedicated to just starting hoaxes and false rumors. And, and you know, we we overhear the term fake news, but there are absolutely websites just dedicated to stirring the pot, shall we say, with, with lies. So it's super yeah. common for a hoax to happen nowadays to, um, to celebrities. Another way that you can be dead, not dead, is through faking your own death. And I got a crazy story for you. Okay. Awesome. There's this guy. Was this guy. Lawrence Joseph Bader. So his last name is Bader. And he lived in Ohio. And his wife, who was five months pregnant, they had three kids. And they had five years of unpaid tax. He cranked up his insurance policy, hopped on his boat, and went out onto Lake Erie, never to be seen again. Uh, the Coast Guard said that nobody could have survived it. The boat was found abandoned. They assumed he was dead. Say la vie. Mm-hmm. He pronounced dead in 1960. Years later, his niece found him in Nebraska under the name John Fritz Johnson. He was a broadcaster. He was married. But through fingerprint identification, they proved that he was indeed Lawrence Joseph Bader. Joseph Bader. Fritz claimed, I have no idea what you're talking about. That never happened. I'm John Fritz. I'm a broadcaster. I'm married from Nebraska. That's not true. Like, I have no recollection of that. I never heard of Bader. Nothing. All very suspicious. Years later, he dies of cancer. They do an autopsy. The tumor behind his eye very likely had been causing amnesia. What? Yes. But he, like, at some point would have had to make that decision. He definitely... Yeah. Okay. Go ahead, Kate. Go ahead, Kate. Well, okay, let's no, pick this Now apart. I don't know where to start with my... Yes, let's pick this apart. Okay, first of all, I, I thought you were going to say that he faked his death, but but then took out because he had this huge life insurance policy his wife and kids would have been living comfortably wait they should have been anyway right they were it would have gone he was to them. pronounced dead it went to them yeah okay. oh it didn't go to him so he just like started a new life well with no, no it, extra do- it money. doesn't go to the dead person it goes no, it to, goes to yeah that makes sense his five months that that wife and three kids. yes so he just wanted to escape his life so badly Yes. Unless he actually did fall, like fall off the boat, somehow got a sh- ashore, couldn't remember anything. Well, that's hmm. really interesting. That is a little bit of a twist. Twist, right? Yeah, I don't know though. How would that have worked though? At what point did he lose his memory? Because he would have had to have lost his memory at that identical point. Yeah, there's definitely some gray years in there, isn't there? Where he would have landed ashore somewhere. And even if he had a Jason Bourne-esque kind of, you know. Right, because that's what I was thinking. Maybe it was this type of trauma where you are in shock and you don't, you know. Mm -hmm. Yes. And before he had time to get over that, then he got this tumor that also caused amnesia. (laughs) 
Right. <laughs> Continued the amnesia. Because unless he was really wanting to escape his life, the only other reason that he would say, no, that's not me, would be to avoid all maybe the lawsuits in which they would try to take everything from his family, like the insurance company. Well, that's just it. He, he insurance fraud, huge insurance, fraud. huge insurance fraud. <laughs> and yeah, his, his poor, very pregnant wife and three kids, probably whatever the insurance money was, were hopefully able to pay down some of those unpaid taxes and debts and move on with their lives. And he had to start from scratch, presumably. But why would he? So the other interesting point is mm. if you were trying to escape your life, why would you become a broadcaster? Exactly. That was my other thought. Yeah, because mm. that's a very that's a very public. Um, that's not lying low. And sorry, what was the year again? Because it was early enough that it was it wasn't this day and age in which it was the twenty four hour news cycle and everybody saw everybody else's news. Like if you were a completely different right. state. on YouTube or something. Yeah. yeah. He was pronounced dead in 1960, three years after he had gone missing. Oh, wow. So it also would have taken them probably three years to pay out the the insurance. Mm -hmm. To do, I presume they would have had to do some sort of investigation or I don't know if there's, when when there's no body, I don't know if there's a certain amount of time that has to pass before they can declare somebody legally dead. Very interesting. Well, but who knows if he faked his death? I hope, I hope the family turned out okay. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, not great guy. Whether whatever your name is, Bader right. or Fritz. John Valjean. <laughs> <laughs> Was that his name? No. Uh, John Fritz Johnson. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Stupid name. First of all, don't name your kid John Fritz Johnson. <laughs> well, like, yeah. I wonder if he where he got that name. Yeah. Another tell sign. Like <laughs> you want to make a fake name and it's John Johnson. <laughs> yeah. Oh, goodness. So another way that somebody can be declared dead uh, without actually being dead, and this is is the darkest story I have, um, is misidentification of the body. Mm. Um, Oh. Yes. So there's a very sad story in California. Um, It only happened a few years ago in 2018 where a young man went missing. And a body, a burned body was found in a cistern and the coroner identified it as him, um, told the family as the family was preparing for a celebration of life, they received another call. Now, that's the way the article read. That seems a bit dramatic to me, but obviously the family was going through the grieving process when they received Mm -hmm. a a second call saying that he had actually been misidentified. And what had happened was that he had been arrested for vagrancy and had been incarcerated at the time when the identification happened. So he had had no contact um, with anybody in his family or anything like that. He was kind of obviously kind of removed from society. But then when he was released, that's when they realized that there had been this misidentification. Yeah, I mean, I can't imagine what that's like to have to go through that grieving and then have that turned around. I mean, obviously, you'd be... Yeah, what a shock to your system. Yeah. Yeah, you'd be so He he got out of jail and came back. Yeah, and he was okay. I mean, what a relief, but that is is one hell of a roller coaster. Yeah, so much to go through. Yeah. So that's not not the fun part of uh, Dead Not Dead. 
Um, I should have told that story in a different order because now I'm going to jump to something a little bit sillier, <laughs> which is name, yeah, name confusion. <laughs> name confusion happens frequently. <laughs> I don't know if you... Now, is this different than a clerical error? It, it is because it often, it often, a little bit, well, different, like a clerical error, meaning that like the bank says you're dead. Or, oh, right. No, I'm just thinking like, hey, don't forget to fill out that form for Susie Q and you put Susie Lou. Yeah. And then it's yeah. very similar. And I think, um, do you guys remember a few years ago, everybody thought Neil Young was dead, but it was actually Neil Armstrong. Like <laughs> these things happen. Oh, like the, the, on the more, on the slate, they did a spelling mistake. Yeah. Or, you know, yeah. Yeah, or just somebody, mm. the original, like for that one, Neil Armstrong, that was, it was accurate. The obit was accurate, but then a second news source grabbed it and just switched out the oh. last name. Like, or, So they, did it say like Neil Young, the first man to walk on the moon? <laughs> like, isn't that one of your first hits? <laughs> you would think. And like, I don't know how it no happens. Context. Like with Cindy Cindy Moo and Cindy Lou, I can understand how that can happen because we don't know who those people are. But like Neil Armstrong versus Neil Young, like you would think that a reputable... Yeah, but if you were really young... Come on, like, Cindy Lou who? Maybe you wouldn't. Um, Sean Connery even went on the... Uh, uh, he was on Late Show one time and he told the story that his death was reported when somebody got confused because Texas governor John Connolly died. Like, so I think it's, <laughs> it's, so it's basically like somebody, like if I call you and I'm like, Hey, did you hear that Kirsten Dunst, you know, passed away? And Julie's like, Oh my God, Kristen's dead. Like <laughs> it's just somebody mishearing something and then rolling with it. And then Julie doesn't The star of Virgin suicides. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that was my friend, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> Our friend, Kristen. Yeah. Except she doesn't give me a chance to correct myself, and Julie hangs up and starts calling the news station. <laughs> exactly. Or worse, I put it on Twitter and it catches on fire, right? Like There you go. Yeah. That's what I meant to say, because, of course, you don't. That's not how we communicate with <laughs> the outside world. We use social media. Oh, I can be dear. Cool too. Well, yeah, and I think that things like social media certainly make that so much worse because, yeah, all that had to happen is for one person with a million followers to say Neil Young instead of Neil Armstrong, and and there you go. There's your news. All right, so I have one final story about the potential outcomes of what can happen if if an obit comes out prematurely. So there was a Swedish chemist and engineer named Alfred Nobel, and he worked in the area of explosives. And he invented the blasting cap, which I think is kind of like the on top of explosives. Um, he had, and he's most well known for actually inventing dynamite. Um, he worked with the inventor of nitroglycerin, which is like a an explosive. And he, mm -hmm. he kind of lived a kind of a, tough life. He had all these nitroglycerin plants, one of which exploded because that's that will happen. And like it ended up killing his younger brother. He oh. worked at his dad's military munitions factory for some for a while. And so all in all, like just really in and around death and explosions. But yeah, like, Julie, can I just say like the setup is exceptional for what you're about to say. And I 
have no idea where you're going, but it sounds like you could go any direction. It's it's going to go, hold on to your horses. Okay. So <laughs> he ended up amassing a huge fortune. In today's dollars, it would be worth uh, over $250 million. In 1888, Alfred's brother Ludwig died in Cannes in France. And due to a mm-hmm. mix-up at the French newspapers, they mixed up the brothers and the yeah. obituary came out for Alfred. And one of the newspaper headlines read, the merchant of death is dead. Just being quite cruel. And that man had built it, amassed a huge force, fortune basically on the backs of munitions and explosives and inventing dynamite. Alfred, very much still alive, started to take stock of his life and decided to change his will and wrote out a plan for his fortune. So he decided that with the 94, about 94, 95% of his fortune, he was going to start a award program. So five, five total awards, awards, three for the greatest discoveries or inventions in physics, chemistry, and medicine. The fourth mm. was dedicated to the most outstanding work, work in, of literature. And the fifth was for the person who shall have done the most or the best work for fraternity between nations and the abolition or reduction of standing armies and the formation and spreading, spreading of peace congresses, also known as the Nobel Prize for Peace. As soon as you said his name, I had a hunch, but that I had no idea that that was the backstory. That is unbelievable. That's Julie, your face right now. For, first yeah, of all. that is so <laughs> cool. I want to applaud. That is, I had no idea. That is one of the most interesting fun facts about anything I've I've heard. That backstory of the Nobel Prize. And I think we should all know this story. When yeah. we think of the Nobel That's so Prize, inspirational. it's so it inspirational because it's just like you can change your course at any time, like depending no matter what your history is. Yeah. And I just I think it's amazing that something as like a flub of an obituary mm-hmm. kind of changed the course of history. Like consider those who have won the Nobel Prize for Peace. Like, yeah, Dr. King. Uh, I mean, it's yeah. to think to go, to go from dynamite invention to th- the civil rights leader um, in the U.S. Like that's that's an amazing course of events that had to happen for to lead to that. And I share this story, everyone. It's so amazing. That is so amazing. I yeah, and like you said, I think everybody should know that. Everybody should know the origin of where the Nobel prizes come from. That's amazing. It's so cool. Wow, so cool. Well, Julie, that I mean, I think that's a super fun topic, but it's a lot to think about. So I mm-hmm. appreciate that. That's awesome. Well, Julie, I mean, I mean, I'm inspired. Kate, I feel like take us on a different track, but take take us home. Yes, well, I am going to completely switch gears. And I first of all, just want to have everybody recognize that June is um, National Indigenous History Month. And it is 
in order to recognize the history and heritage and diversity of the First Nations, Inuit and Métis people in Canada. And so what I want to say is not really a story, but it's just really good information that I think when I think that everybody knows about it, but every time I tell somebody, there's at least a couple of people that haven't heard about it or are like, oh, okay, cool, check that out. So I just want everybody to know that the University of Alberta puts on an online course that is 100% free and um, it is the Indigenous Canada course. It's an open online course put on by the Faculty of Native Studies. It explores Indigenous histories and contemporary issues in Canada from the Indigenous perspective. I signed up for the course a while ago and I have, I've done one of the 12 parts of it and already it is just, it's really interesting and I think it's uh, just something that, to be honest, everybody everybody should take it it's free it, it it's important i think and yeah if i can educate myself a little bit more on on the topic then then i'm happy to so i just wanted if you if, if one person out there hadn't known about this or hadn't heard of it it's online so it's you can do it anywhere across canada or you can do it wherever nice that's actually, I'm glad you mentioned that because I literally registered for it or registered at least for the beginning part of it like a few days ago. And so awesome. that's a that's a very good confirmation to, to keep going. And so yeah. I appreciate that. And I, and I think that's a really great resource. So thank you so much. Yeah. So All awesome. right. Well, Julie, Kate, did you find what you were looking for? 